There was an attack in New York City yesterday. It was one that couldn't be denied as being Islamic Jihad. Um, there was nothing new about the motive for doing it. There was nothing new in the method, because we're, we've seen that for a couple of years now across Europe and elsewhere. Um, so what is it that we can say about what took place yesterday that would be of benefit to people? And I have a few ideas, and I bet you do too. Well, as I started off by saying when we were speaking earlier, it's these events now have gone to the point where they're like an Olympic sport event. You know, you watch the diving or the uh, tumbling or what do they call acrobatics, and they hold up a card and it's got a score on it. And uh, so I'm beginning to feel like that we could devise a scorecard for jihad as an Olympic event. And I thought it would be interesting to go over the, some of the things that have to be done for it to be a really a 10 as an Olympic event, which not only includes the jihadists, but the demi Kaffirs who make all their part of the drama work really well, like Mary de Blasio, for instance, in this case. So how did, so Mary, de, how did Mary de Blasio play into this? Well, you see, it's, it, is it is inevitable for a, a, a grade 10 Olympic event in jihad that the leading political figures need to come out and they need to say two things. Well, maybe more than two things. Maybe this was all part of the scorecard. Number one, we don't need to judge Muslims on this. This has nothing to do with Islam. We don't want to be racist. And we're not going to change our way of life. We're not going to let these people dictate how we shall live. We're going to carry on just like we always have. And de Blasio fulfilled that one of those check boxes from the scoring jihad as an Olympic event. Yes, I would say so. Uh, he definitely seemed to be carrying water for Islam and for jihadis. Also, is New York a sanctuary city? You know, I don't know. I don't know on that at all. I don't think it is. Uh, on the other hand, sanctuary city is both a formal and an informal declaration, and de Blasio has definitely has never seen a, a th anybody that he would drive out of his city no matter how much it was costing his welfare system. Because remember, they are all potential votes. That's true. And also, you think if it is a sanctuary city, you wonder why they even bother putting this guy in jail. Because they're essentially, <laughs> they're saying federal laws don't count here. Um, and, and by the way, there's another point here. The public, I don't know that the public has fulfilled this, because one of the points for a jihad event as a number 10 in an Olympic scoring system is we must have the candles, the flowers, and the teddy bears. Yes, that hasn't happened yet. Uh, and I'm hoping it doesn't, because it's... it's uh, I find that to be like mourning your own suicide. Right. It's, there's something tragically and even somewhat nauseatingly hypocritical about it. It, it really is. It's like, it's like holding a memorial for yourself after you've committed suicide. When I see people do that, it really, it, it, I find it very upsetting. But, you know, I, there's a few, a few factors I think that never gets covered. So I would love to get your opinion on this. And you're actually, you're the guy to ask. First of all, uh, there are a couple of noteworthy things about this, which also happened in every other similar attack, but I really wanted to point them out. CNN at one point knew it was Islamic Jihad. They knew he was a Muslim, and they knew he yelled Allahu Akbar as he did his attack. And the CNN, it might have been Jake Tapper, but it was d definitely one of the CNN principals, specifically said, uh, I'm, the police have informed us that he was yelling something. We're not going to tell you what he said. <laughs> That's a clue. That's a clue. But it's interesting that 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 mainstream media would deliberately and even overtly 
hide significant information which would give you strong indications of what was taking place. In other words, an organization that claims to be a news organization, in fact, was deliberately occulting information from the public. I mean, I don't understand why people don't recognize how insidiously Orwellian that is right out of the gate. And the second, the second observation, and this happens in every attack, you can tell who the news organizations that want you to know and which ones don't by how they translate the word Allah. And I find that the ones who are carrying water for the jihadis always translate Allah as God. Yes. And Exactly. You know, and this is, this is something I like to say, particularly when I'm talking to atheists or agnostics, that while Superman and Daffy Duck are both fictional characters, they have dramatically different attributes. And I think it would be reasonable, it would be reasonable for any comic book fan to get upset when somebody was talking about Superman if they referred to him as Daffy Duck. Now, this it shouldn't matter if you're a believer or not. Allah, in his attributes, which is all that matters, real or imagined, Allah his attributes are 180 degrees opposite of the attributes of a Judeo-Christian God, period. And so when an organization translates somebody yelling about Allah and says that he was talking about God, it is deception and nothing short of deception. Would you agree with that? I, I concur with you so much about the fact that Allah is not God that I published three different Qurans, a simple Quran which contains every word and every verse, and a bridge Quran, which is just eliminates the, pop, the uh, redundancy, the duplication, and a two-hour Quran, which is made to be read in, yes, two hours. But I use the word Allah. I do not use the word God. Because for most people, my audience, no matter wherever they may be, primarily are in America. And for them, God is usually thought of as the God of the Judeo-Christian religions. And so, therefore, we don't want to confuse them by thinking that and this, by the way, is a lie that's transmitted at interfaith gatherings. You get the demi, that is the kafir who agrees to follow Islam and Sharia, says, oh, we all worship the same God. We're all children of Abraham. Well, this is simply not true because the attributes of, for instance, one of the attributes of Allah in the Quran is he is the greatest of deceivers. Really? So we know we need to use the proper terms. I even did a video one time on using the proper words because what we're discussing here is not a matter of being picky or something or being uppity or something, and, but it is very, if we're going to deal with a subject that's as elusive as Islam, we need to be using the correct words and the correct terms because without using the right words, you really can't have the right thoughts, Vlad. This business of naming is quite important. It's quite important. And, I, and you can again, you can really tell which organizations are corrupted and carrying water for the enemy by their use of certain rhetorical tricks. And one of them, of course, is not telling you things that would indicate. For instance, CNN didn't show the image even after it was widely available. And the image uh, was of a fellow of Middle Eastern appearance by the description of many witnesses. And he also had the classic jihadi beard with a shaved upper lip or a very, very short mustache and the right. long, unkempt beard. And this is... Uh, this is, I mean, I think even, I think it's Quran that's specific, where Mohammed tells his followers to be unlike the unbelievers, to be unlike the kufar, and to grow the beard and shave the mustache, which is, you know, the opposite of the way. I think that's a hadith, but it doesn't matter. They're both sacred texts. Yes, and so uh, we, can, we can identify 
I mean, a very religious Muslim, one who would be more likely, you'd imagine, based on reading the Quran, to follow out acts, to commit acts of terror by the beard, lack of mustache, dressed in traditional, uh, sort of the, the what I call the wee willy winky outfit, um, and often with a bruise to the forehead. Ah, the skid mark. The skid mark. Prayer skid mark. Please explain that. Well, the Islamic act of prayer involves putting your hands down and hitting the floor with your head. Now, hitting is perhaps too strong a term, but it are those who have prayed so much that they actually get a callus on the forehead. And this means that we're dealing with somebody who is devoutly religious. Now then, if his religiosity includes not only the Quran of Mecca and the five pillars, but also includes the jihad included in the Quran of Medina. And by the way, 24% of the Quran written in Medina is about jihad. It's a systemic doctrine. But if you have a man who's wearing the garb of Islam, then you would at least want to ask him about Muhammad's 95 acts of jihad and how he felt about that. As a matter of fact, if we're going to deal with Islam, I think we should start asking Muslims questions about their own doctrine. The problem is, Vlad, is that too many people don't know enough about Islam to ask intelligent questions about it. And in particular, now I'm going to get on my pet peeve here. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, which is a very churchy town. But you, it's very difficult to find a church member or a, rab, a Jewish member of any synagogue who knows anything about Islam other than the, oh, well, I've met some nice Muslims. We must take it upon ourselves to gain some knowledge about Islam. Now then, there's good news here. And that good news is this. My wife, who does a lot of internet research for me, taught me two things about how to read an article on the web. Scan the headlines and read the comments. In this last event, we have, it used to be after 9-11, there was an argumentation that went on in the comment section, no more. On this particular case, everyone signing the comments is like, we've had enough of this crap, we're tired of pretending this is gonna work, we've gotta do something about this and what we're doing isn't working. So I do think that there's a certain compassion fatigue that we're getting on the jihad business. Ooh, talking excitedly, I may add one more pet peeve. I despise the use of terrorism for the act of jihad. That's be that's a name we need to start using. Absolutely, you know, that. and that's it's an important point. Um, we should call it what it is. It's Islamic jihad, although that that's arguably they're not, redundant. They're not embarrassed by that. No, right. Wish they were. That is the word. <laughs> if they were embarrassed by it, we wouldn't have a problem. Um, <laughs> this is true. I wrote a few paragraphs this morning about uh, pertaining to something that you just said a moment ago, uh, in terms of people saying. Yeah, I know this. I know some a really, really nice Muslim down the street, and so on, and so on. Or I work with a guy who's Muslim, and he's great. Um, some Muslims really are great. I'm not going to try to make the case that that all Muslims are evil or problematic. I'm saying that the ideology is problematic and is evil, and I'm saying that the people that adhere to it are a problem and are evil to the extent, a direct proportional extent to which they adhere to that ideology. But the reason that people keep buying into that nonsense about I know a nice fellow who is because I think of World War II movies and World War II TV shows where they made all Nazis appear to be monsters or idiots. And the truth is that Nazis were exactly like all of us, but they happened to buy into a particularly pernicious ideology. But if you knew Nazis, you'd be saying the same thing. Oh, yeah, well, my neighbor Hans is a you know Nazi, wears the armband, and he's a card-carrying member, and he's quite de devoted to Hitler and Hitler's causes. But he's, I see him playing with his kids, and he's a tremendous guy, and I see him at the grocery store, and he always smiles, and he's always friendly. Look, Muslims aren't monsters. Islam is monstrous, and Nazis aren't monsters. That's exactly correct. And this quote idea of a good Muslim, 
what do we mean by good Muslim? Well, if you dig deep enough, you'll mean, well, I'm not scared of him and he's friendly. Now, as you know, I'm keen to always quote the doctrine, and I'm keen to do statistics based on what I read. There are 12 verses in the Quran which state very clearly that a Muslim may be friendly with a kafir, a non-Muslim, but he may not actually be his friend. Under no circumstances must he ever choose his friend over Islam. So it's okay to be friendly and nice with him at work, but that does not mean that deep down he's going to ever go with your point of view if things get tight and tough. That is, if he's the boss and he has kafirs who work for him and Muslims who work for him, it is his job as a, and duty as a Muslim, no matter how friendly he is to the non-Muslim, to promote the Muslim over the kafir. So the friendly business, by the way, lad, I'm 76 years old. It took me a long time to learn this. Do you know what? I've gotten screwed in business deals and in personal relationships, and it was always, always, always by a nice guy. You know why? <laughs> because you're more vulnerable to nice guys. Yeah. I mean, you got to be nice for me to even before you get close enough to put the shaft to me. Yep. So in a con man's first piece of business is to be likable. And so being likable does not mean what it tells you what's in your heart. And the doctrine itself is dualistic. So it, there is room in there for Muhammad didn't kill Kafir he ran into. But the Quran does do say one thing about Muslims and practicing jihad, the, the jihad of the sword. And that is not enough of them do it. There's complaints in the Quran about how too many Muslims now didn't want to go out on jihad and that Allah knows what's best for them and they do not. So this problem of getting enough people to be jihadist has been a chronic problem in Islam from the days of Muhammad, but it is there. I have to say what we saw then was a cookie cutter act of Islamic jihad in New York and it was a cookie cutter press response where you had deceptive uh, media that was trying to disguise the facts in order to protect Islam. And then you had some good media, which, in fact, and I'm going to say to my shock and delight, I think it was NBC2 actually had a, a magnificent clip, which I captured and I put up on my YouTube channel, where they showed a very clear image of the, of the perp with his beard and no mustache. And they said quite clearly that he had been seen by witnesses yelling, Allahu Akbar, uh, everything that was known at the time, NBC2, and this is right right as this thing was all playing out, they did a fantastic job. And I think that, that you know, kudos really should go where it's deserved. And, and NBC was surprisingly good for a mainstream network. But CNN was disgusting. The point is that what we saw was what we expected. The only thing that is different is that the current U.S. president, Donald Trump, for which I give thanks every day, not based on my love of the man, but on for something that he's actually done that day, which is like, wow, that was great. And in this case, he did not give a cookie cutter um, press release, like the mayor of London came out with something that literally could have been written in 2003, right? Like if you listen to what Sadiq Khan, is that his name, the mayor of London? That's Sadiq Khan, mayor of London. He, the, the statement he gave was flowery and generic and could have been for any terrorist attack anywhere where you just plug in the name of the city, like those junk mail that you get that starts with Vlad and then right. carries on. And and Sadiq, I found that Sadiq Khan's pre-made statement that came out right after the attack, I found that in, in some ways, I mean, no offense to those who lost somebody close to them in New York, but in some ways is offensive. Uh, Donald Trump instead waited a day, 
looked at the situation and made specific and detailed statements about the the people, the man who did the attack, the motive for the attack, what was going to be done about it, that this attack was done by somebody who had actually come in on something called a diversity certificate, which most people had never heard of, but something Obama had created to get more jihadis into the states, and that Trump intends to stop that procedure, which means that we have a president that didn't just not produce a platitude, which by itself I thought was a giant step forward, but actually came out with practical and real solutions. By the way, do you know two people who would not qualify for a diversity visa? Well, you and me. You and me. <laughs> we're, we're way too white. Way too white and, uh, and, and way too law-abiding. Except, of Who's course, that? for the new hate, so, hate thought I, crimes. Except for the thought crimes. Right. So... What we have here, let's 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 finish by saying that we're, where we started off is that jihad has now become a practical, normal life in the way of business. It's like kids getting drunk on Saturday night and killing themselves. We'd like to avoid that, but it happens routinely. We don't pay any attention to it, and we now have achieved the status where we could actually issue a kit and a scoring card for the next jihad event. We could actually give we could for the politicians we could hey here's your script, here's the newspaper, here's how you handle it because it's turning out to be infinitely repetitive and we have to take do something about it and the thing to do about it is what you and I are doing which is to discuss the root cause which is not a, our welfare checks aren't big enough nor are we generous enough with, with our compassion the problem is the doctrine of Islam it's not the people it's not the Muslims it is the doctrine of Islam which caused the destruction of our civilization and Vlad our civilization has some serious problems and I could talk for hours about it but I tell you what our here's here's my bigot statement to close with our civilization, based on the golden rule for ethics and rational thought, is superior to the Islamic dualistic ethics and the authoritative reasoning. We have a better civilization, and we ought to preserve it. But to do that, we have to understand what we have and what they have and reject Islam. Because I do not want something that has 12 verses in the Quran which says, I can't really be your friend. Pardon me, but I am offended. Well, there has to be some reason why everybody from the Islamic world seems to be working so hard to get here, and none of us are trying to get over there. No, 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 I do not want to go to West Saudi Arabia. I, I hope that people find it instructive. I'm sure they will. Thank you very much, Dr. Bill Warner. Thank you, Brad. Bye-bye. Centuries, halt. Centuries, take post.